Hello, and welcome to the Heavenbound Podcast. My name is Jason Harden. I'm here with Roger Schaus, and we are opening the Bible in search of fuel for your spiritual journey. This is where we talk about life, the way it was meant to be, and what it means to be a disciple of Jesus in the 21st century. Thanks for joining us on the journey. Roger, one of the things that I love about these conversations that we record and, and share with others is it gives us another avenue, a different medium, different audience and intention than a typical Bible class or sermon, but an opportunity to talk about very real issues in the world around us. It's a new month, and for the next four Fridays, Lord willing, throughout the month of March, we want to talk about this phrase and everything it means, we do not know what to pray as we should. We're definitely living in some troublesome times right now. And those that have a heart, uh, you can't help but ignore what's going on overseas in Europe. Uh, we see a, a big bully, a tyrant that's marching into another nation. A lot of innocent people are being killed. Lives are being uprooted. And... What can we, way over here, do about that? And it takes us to one passage in particular we want to start with, and then we're going to get to our Romans 8 passage. But in the Gospel of Luke, in chapter 18, Jesus says in verse 1, Now he was telling them a parable to show that at all times they ought to pray and not to lose heart. The phrase lose heart means to be discouraged. Uh, we would simply say, I don't feel like it. I, I don't feel like it because our heart's not into that. The times were tough, and Jesus says that they need to pray. We hear that a lot from the pulpit at these times. We see things on Facebook about that. Pray for the people in Ukraine. Pray for the people in Russia. Well, I, I get to a moment where I'm going to say some prayers, and what is it I'm supposed to pray? And sometimes we're at a loss, and sometimes we don't know what we're supposed to pray. And so what we want to look at in this series is just that idea. We're going to go through several different layers of things. It talks about praying at difficult or troublesome times, and that's kind of where we want to begin this. The title of our series comes from Romans chapter 8, verse 26, and we'll look at the larger context in just a moment, but... I am so thankful, just personally, that we have verses like this that acknowledge 2,000 years ago, and it is still so very relevant, likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, or to pray as we should. Uh, that's... Uh, Roger, to me, as I hear the Apostle Paul, not even just using pronouns like you, you all, you don't know in Rome what to pray for as you should, but he uses the we pronoun. There were times in Paul's life, uh, times of weakness, where he didn't know what to pray for or how to pray in the midst of what was going on. And thank God that we have this larger chapter and, of course, God's incredible revelation that helps us know what to pray when it is hard or confusing to know what to pray for. And we need to remember the context of, of this 
chapter where the section is, Paul's writing to a church. He's writing to Christians. So when we hear this phrase, we do not know how to pray as we should, our first thought may be, well, we need to have a 13-week class on Prayer 101. <laughs> and you pray to God, and this is what you say, this is how you say it, and you don't pray to animals, you don't pray to Mary, you don't do this, da 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 da, da. and sometimes that's it. But we need to remember these were Christians. They had been praying. A large segment of this church was Jewish people. They have generations of praying to God. So it wasn't the mechanics 101 that they needed to know. There are times when our heart is just upside down and inside out. And what is it that I'm supposed to pray? And that's what we want to look at in this series. We want to add some depth to this and get us really thinking about this because how easy it is. And we see this on Facebook. I've seen this probably a a zillion times already in the last (laughs) two or three days. Pray for Ukraine. Pray for Ukraine. Great. So I want to pray for Ukraine. What am I supposed to say? And that's what kind of makes us uh, stumble sometimes as we consider these things. Yeah. So maybe the best place to begin here is the larger context, Romans chapter 8. We hear Paul acknowledging that sometimes we don't know what to pray for, to pray as we should. Roger, what do you see around that 26th verse of Romans chapter 8 that helps us begin to dig in and actually pray the way that God is inviting us to pray? Well, first of all, before this verse even ends, we have the help of the Spirit. The passage says, in the same way, the Spirit also helps with our weakness. Not only is God aware that we're weak, and not only is God aware that we don't know how to pray as we should, and God's just looking at us and saying, well, get it together, you know, what's your problem? We have help, help from God, help from the Spirit. And he says, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. There's, there's some feelings that we have, and I, and I know in this past week I've felt some of these feelings, just some of the feelings that I, I just hurt as you're watching these images of apartment buildings being bombed, little babies being rushed to the emergency room, and they're trying to resuscitate this little child, and you, you, you just hurt. You just don't know what to pray. And then you see this massive, massive, powerful line of Russian tanks moving forward, and you have some anger in you. And is that proper? Should I have those thoughts? But within this verse, we do not know how to pray. Just two verses later, and we know. Here's some things we don't know, but here's something I do know. We know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God and to those who are called according to his purpose. And we'll, we'll get to that verse here in just a minute. But let's, let's begin. Let's, let's, Jason, first of all, kind of give our listeners a little overview of where we're going with this series. Yeah. So, okay. We're today just digging in, looking around at the landscape, looking at the, the 30,000 foot view, acknowledging that sometimes prayer is challenging. Lord willing, next Friday, we'll go back to some foundational psalms that tell us about God's identity and remind us of who God is in the world and what he wants us to remember about him. And when we remember it, how it 
impacts the way we look at what's going on in the world. From there, in our third part of this series, maybe you've heard this phrase, the imprecatory psalms. That sounds intimidating, but really they are psalms uh, that we read uh, more than one occasion throughout this big book right in the heart of the Bible where the psalmist is crying out to God for justice, for vengeance, for uh, oppressors and evildoers to to receive what the psalmist believes they they deserve as the result of their iniquity. And, and let me just throw in here. Sure. These psalms are raw. They are. Uh, <laughs> I guarantee almost none of our listeners has ever heard somebody pray these prayers in our services. We would be shocked. Yeah. There's expressions such as knocking out their teeth. Breaking the arm. Breaking of the, the arm. And, and so the, the, the bridge we travel over, what we're doing in this series is – can I pray that? Yeah. Can I pray that God will break the arm of the Russian president? Can I got, can I pray that God knocks the teeth out of the Russian army? I mean, it's in my Bible. What do I do with these things? Yeah. And we're going to go through that and talk about those. That'll be part three. We're going to wrap it up, Lord willing, in part four by, okay, we've got these imprecatory psalms in the heart of the Bible, but we've also got Jesus teaching us to pray for our enemies in his most famous sermon. We've got Paul in Romans chapter 12 calling us to remember vengeance is God's. He will repay. So how how do we balance all of that? Um, Roger, this is going to be some deep water that we wade into, but some very relevant water. We better get our waders on, that's for sure. <laughs> so so let's, let's go back to this Romans 8 passage. Okay. And we do not know how to pray as we ought to or as we should. Let's start putting some layers on that. Why why is it that we do not know how to pray like we should? Well, I'm going to take it deep to the heart level here, and then I have a feeling there are a variety of things that we can add to that. But one of the things that really stands out to me in, in the larger context of Romans 8 is uh, I, I, I'm maybe not appreciating just how powerful and present the Spirit of God is. If you want a good exercise, read Romans chapter 8 and just look for the Spirit, the work of the Spirit, the presence of the Spirit. Let me give you just a a couple of examples of that. In Romans 8 and verse 16, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs. Maybe I'm not praying the way I should, or I don't know what to pray for as I could because I'm not allowing the Spirit to impress upon me. I'm not listening. I'm not, I'm not allowing my heart to believe what the Spirit seeks to bear witness in my life, that I'm a child of God and my Father in heaven wants to hear from me. We referenced verse 26 earlier. We could back up 
just a little before this to verse 23, where Paul acknowledges that the whole creation is groaning, and we inwardly, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons, that the Spirit is wanting to help us bear fruit. What Paul describes in Galatians 5 as the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. But in order for that to happen, we have to live by the Spirit. We've got to walk by the Spirit. We've got to keep in step with the Spirit. And when we do, now we're in the territory of what we can know, as you referenced, that the Spirit himself intercedes for us. He who searches hearts, verse 27, knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. I, I'd suggest to you that sometimes we don't pray as we should, or we don't know what to pray as we could because we're weak on our understanding or fragile in our belief of the Spirit's work in the life of the Christian today. And and I would add a second reason for this would be, uh, for a lot of us, we've never been down these roads before. Yeah. Um, You know, when when the sunshine and things are going well, well, we're thankful for this. We pray for our health, thankful for the food. And we just bring these, you know, just little things. Um, we've never faced, there could be a major world war. We've never faced what may be the consequences of what's going on right now in Europe. We've never faced the trouble. For the people that first were hearing these words from the apostle, they were facing things that they had never faced, such as Roman persecution, such as some of them uh, having their homes seized, some of them being locked in prison, some of them losing their lives. And so, you know, the, the difficulty of sometimes we don't know what to pray. I've never had to pray these prayers before, and I don't know really what to say. I don't know which direction to take it. And that causes some difficulties there. You know, we're not the first ones. Uh, All the way back in the Old Testament book of Joshua, Joshua chapter 3, we read Joshua telling the people, listen, you haven't been this way before. And so he is challenging them, of course, to stick close to God. He points their attention in the direction of the Ark of the Covenant, and you follow God. We're, we're heading into territory we've never been before, but that does not mean that our circumstances are greater than the God we're, we're called to follow. We've never been there, but God has, yeah. and that's, that's the difference. And that leads to the third thing, and that is we simply don't know the future. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we just don't know what's going to happen, and we don't know how, if this is as bad as it's going to get or is this going to get a lot worse. And so it's hard to know what to pray when I can't see beyond today, and none of us ever could. And that leads to the fourth reason why we often have trouble praying, and that is because a lot of us are scared, and fear can paralyze us, and it, it can really chip away at our faith. We sometimes have too much of an Americanism in us and not enough of a God in us. And when these things are challenged, it, it 
makes us think about what's really true and what's really uh, what we're believing about. That's powerful things. So, okay, maybe I'm out of practice. I I haven't been sensitive to these incredible promises of the work of the Spirit, His intercession in our prayers. I don't know the future. I, I don't know where all of this is headed. I, I don't know what God's will is in the midst of all of this. I'm, I'm scared. I'm unsettled. But that's exactly where Romans 8 ultimately leads us. Let me, let me just do a little bit of reading here, and then, Roger, I'll, I'll just ask you what stands out to you. In verse 31, he asks, What then shall we say to these things, the sort of things that we're talking about today? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies, who is to condemn. Christ Jesus is the one who died, more than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God. Here it is again. It's not just the Spirit. Christ Jesus at the right hand of God is indeed interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger, or sword? As it is written, he, he reaches all the way back to Psalm 44. For your sake, we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. Life was hard in first century Rome, but he says, no, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Roger, as you hear those words, reflect on those words from 2022, what stands out to you? Well, I would encourage our readers to, to get their own Bible out and to notice this. Starting in verse 31 down through verse 36, there's a series of seven questions. And Paul's asking these questions, and they don't need an answer because the answer to the questions is God. Yeah. If God is for us, who's against us? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it's Egyptians, Babylonians, Assyrians, Germans, Russians. It doesn't matter. And then if he says, uh, who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It doesn't matter. God is the one who justifies, he says. Who's the one who's going to condemn us? No one if we're walking with Christ. Who will separate us from the love of Christ? No one will separate us from the love of Christ. And then, then he lists in verse 35 a series of, of very distressing things. Tribulation, distress, persecutions, famine, nakedness, perils, sword. If we had to pick one of them, we couldn't pick any of them. <laughs> I mean, which one do you want to happen to? I don't want any of those to happen to me. They're terrible things. But then he says in verse 37, but in all these things, all these things, in all these things, in all yeah. these things, we overwhelmingly conquer through him who loved us. If you've got your Bible and underline, I'd like you to underline the word overwhelming. It's not we're going to squeak through by the skin of our teeth. It's not that we're barely going to make it. It's going to be close. It's not that the game could go on either way, went down to the last second. We overwhelmingly conquer. This is a blowout. This is a shutout. This is a no-hitter. This is something that with God, we will be victorious. And so he ends this. 
I'm convinced that neither death, life, angels, principalities, things present, things to come, powers, height, depth, any created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. We don't know how to pray, and we're going to talk about that, but there's some things we do know, and that is when we stay with God, wars, famines, pandemics, throw us, throw anything you want at us, Satan, we will be more than conquerors through Jesus Christ. You know, Roger, even as we map out this series. We try on Fridays, maybe a month at a time, to have some sort of a focal point for every Friday uh, in an entire month. And some of those are easy, right? They are they're evergreen. Doesn't matter what the month is. Well, this is going to be relevant uh, in a very real sense. Here we are, first Friday, March of 2022, we have no idea what the world will look like by the fourth Friday of March 2022. And so in one sense, it's you know, kind of risky to, okay, for the next three Fridays, this is what we're going to talk about. Maybe the world is is in a much better place by the end of March of this year. Maybe it's in a much worse place, but... You and I feel very confident mapping this out because Paul says this is what we know and this is what we're sure of. This is what we're convinced beyond a shadow of a doubt of. And that's what the children of God need to be reminded of in months like this. And so in these troublesome times, we need to pray. Yeah. And so as we wrap this up, Let's talk about some things that we can do. Yeah, so we'll talk about some of those tough prayers, Lord willing, here in a couple of weeks, and what to do with those imprecatory psalms. But I would just suggest, first of all, uh, to pray for the people of Ukraine. Pray for the people of Russia. You know, you mentioned, Roger, you see um, so much on social media. Pray for Ukraine. Pray for Ukraine. I would encourage our listeners Uh, to pray for the people of Russia as well. We know that there are citizens of that country who do not agree with what is happening. For us as children of God, of course, we can zoom in even a little more, pray for our brothers and sisters in Ukraine. Pray for our brothers and sisters in Russia. There is a lot of gospel work, brothers and sisters from this country who have spent a good amount of time and effort and energy, zeal in going to those countries, to the Eastern Bloc of Europe and handing out Bibles, preaching, strengthening brethren. We have brethren on both sides of this conflict. I I don't mean taking up arms against each other, but as citizens of both of these countries. And so we need to pray for them that they would be strong in their faith and they would be steadfast in their love, that they would remember the, the joy and peace that is available in the Lord. Uh, Above all, I would suggest we need to pray for open doors of the gospel in that part of the world, and we need to pray that believers all over the world would keep pointing people to Jesus as the hope 
for everybody, the good news available in and through Jesus. You know, I, I referred uh, one of my jump starts and also part of my sermon Sunday night to uh, Proverbs 21.1, where there it says, the king's heart is like channels of water in the Lord's hand. Yeah. He turns it whatever way he wishes. And we don't know why things are happening the way they are and what the Lord's will is behind all this. But we can definitely be praying that the Lord start turning some of these hearts, hearts of these leaders, hearts of the leaders, not just in Russia, but hearts of the leaders all over the world. There's a lot of leaders. There's a lot of talk going on, lots of things being said. And we can pray that the Lord will turn these hearts, name the names of these leaders, and see if the Lord will allow goodness to come from all of this. We do not know what to pray as we should. That is going to be our focus on Fridays over the course of this month, and we very much appreciate you listening to this first episode in that series. Maybe you know someone that this series would be helpful for. We would certainly encourage and and be encouraged by you sharing it with others. Uh, this is on the mind of a lot of people, and we appreciate you listening uh, to the Heaven Bound podcast. We hope even the last 20 minutes or so have helped you set your mind on things above and given you a little more fuel for today's journey. We encourage you. Today and, and at the end of every Friday, always remember when you're walking with Jesus, you're heaven bound, and the best we believe with all of our hearts is yet to come.